There's a story told by Harry Ironside of a Bishop Taylor who was a former chaplain in the, in the army, the British army. And he was preaching in a cathedral, and his text was, Ye must be born again. And he said, My dear people, do not substitute anything for the new birth. You may be a member of the church, but church membership is not the new birth. And he went on to say, and he pointed right down to the archdeacon who was sitting in his usual little box, and he said to him, you may be the archdeacon and still be dead in your sins. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. We're turning out to our Bibles and to the message for today, which is John 14, verse 6, what I would call the pivotal verse of the New Testament, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's the only way to be saved. The only way into the family of God is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only mediator between God and men. And that's a very important issue. How does man, who is a creature and also a sinner in need of salvation, how does he approach a holy God that he might be reconciled to him? The answer is, and it's very simple and very clear in the Bible. Jesus alone is the way, the truth, and the life. Stay tuned now as we go to a pulpit ministry on John fourteen six. Conversation between Philip and the Lord Jesus. Now, these were curious men, and thankfully they were asking the right questions. And that's the first part of getting an education, is to know how to ask the right question. And the Lord had, of course, a, a perfect answer. Philip said unto him in John 14, verse 8, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Here's the truth now. He was asking after truth. He wanted to know God. And that is the absolute need of every human being, to know God. If we don't know God, how will we ever live with Him? If we do not know God, how shall we share eternity with Him? The pressing need of every heart is to know God. And here Jesus saith unto him, verse 9, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? And in that sense, Jesus is the truth. He is the Word. He is the revelation of the Father. Do you want to know the nature of God? Do you want to know the grace of God? Do you want to know the wrath of God? Do you want to know the character of God? The Lord Jesus came into the world to reveal himself unto men. Now, I have a few other Bible texts. I'm just going to read them. I'll not ask you to look them all up, but you may take notes and take the text down. John 8, verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. And so, if you want to be right with God, you need to know the Son. Ephesians 5, 8, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's what it means to be in Christ. 
You're brought out of the spiritual darkness. The blinded eyes have been opened. You've been made to see, and you're walking in the light. If ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light. And then 1 John 1, 6, If ye say that ye have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And so these Bible verses back up Jesus' statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, we are to walk in it, and we are to have fellowship with the Son. Let me ask you, are you walking in the light? Have you received the Lord Jesus as your Savior? Has He shone spiritual light into your soul? Can you say that you know the Father through the Son? He is the truth. You see, Christianity is not by reason. It's not by addling our brains and our thinking processes. It is by a revelation of the Son. And Christianity is when God reveals His Son to us. That happened to Paul the Apostle on the road to Damascus. There, when he was in his madness against the church and against God, Christ was revealed to him. There's a revelation of the Son by which he comes to know God. And that's conversion. That's the miracle of our salvation. We are led into faith in the knowledge of the Son. Has that happened to you? Do you have the experience of the new birth, born of the Spirit, brought out of spiritual deadness into life and into the knowledge of the Father? That leads me now to this text addresses the sentence of death between man and God. Jesus says, I am the life. Now, the starting point here, of course, always is that the wages of sin is death. And it means that we are separated from God. Our souls are living in penury and in emptiness, and that we have mere existence, but we don't have spiritual life. Not fit for heaven, not fit for the kingdom of God. And those who go through this life and die in that state, they are lost. They are, have no eternal life. They are lost in a spiritual death. But something died in Adam whenever sin came in. His love for God died. His ability to know God died. And his passion for God's glory, well, it turned into a personal ego as big as Manhattan. Man became his own God. That's the curse of sin upon man's life. And Adam turned from being God-centered to self-centered. And that's the spiritual condition of every sinner without Christ. Without the new birth, you're just living for self. The world to you is really, you're just the center of the world. Everything should revolve around you. And you are the person that is all important. But of course, Christ comes in and changes all of that. And there lies spiritual death. What is this spiritual death? Well, it's the love of self. You can see that in, in Adam. He no longer wanted to live with God. He, he became a fugitive, and he ran and hid. He had his own agenda. And if you're not a Christian, you have your own agenda, don't you? You just want to live for this world and have it serve you. You've never bowed the knee to Jesus to surrender to him. This spiritual death is to be so in love with the world that it rules you. 
and you become a slave to material things and the things of this world. You're spiritually dead. We, we say of a person who never reads his Bible, uh, that person is spiritually dead. There's no spiritual life in him or her because they never read their Bible. When we invite someone to come and hear the gospel and to worship our Lord Jesus, and they refuse or they give uh, the usual excuses that men do, uh, we would say after disappointment that they do not come, that person is spiritually dead. No interest, no desire for God, no spiritual life within the soul. And of course, uh, we say of a person who's really following the dollar, money is his God, he's spiritually dead. He's living for the dollar. When the prodigal son came home after his uh, spendthrift ways, well, the father said of him, This my son was dead, but is alive again. And when the Lord Jesus mingled with people, he didn't say of those who had already given up the breath of their bodies that they were dead. He said they were asleep. You remember how he went into the house of Jairus' daughter, and the word was before he even came to the house that she was dead. And as they entered the house and they looked upon that young girl stretched out, the Lord Jesus said, She is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, and the Lord raised her to life again. You see, death that we call death for a Christian is sleep, is just a sleep. When Lazarus died, the Lord Jesus said that he is sleeping. But the Lord did talk about the walking dead, the spiritual dead, the person in whom there is no gospel life, no walking with God, just living in the emptiness and the penury of this world. And the Lord needs to turn spiritual life back on again. And the unsaved, unconverted person, it's like living without, with the power lines cut. There's no power, no life getting through. And you can give people a Bible, but they're still dead. You can give people a theology book and say, there's the truth, but they're still dead. You can preach to them, but they remain dead. Only Christ can give life to a dead soul. Jesus said, I am the life. There's a story told by Harry Ironside of a Bishop Taylor who was a former chaplain in the, in the army, the British army. And he was preaching in a cathedral, and his text was, Ye must be born again. And he said, My dear people, do not substitute anything for the new birth. You may be a member of the church, but church membership is not the new birth. And he went on to say, and he pointed right down to the archdeacon who was sitting in his usual little box, and he said to him, you may be the archdeacon and still be dead in your sins. No, he wasn't getting personal. He was making that as an example. But later that week, the archdeacon came to him, and he said, I have been found out. I have all this knowledge. I have all this involvement in the church but I'm not born again. And that describes a lot of people. A lot of people who are churchy, they grew up in it, and they get involved in it, but they have no spiritual life, and they need to be born again. 
And if that describes you today, and you're here to hear the gospel, I beg of you, make sure that you call on the Lord to give you this spiritual life. You may know the name Jesus. You may know something about what happened at the cross of Calvary. You may know something of the way, but you don't know that Jesus, who is the way. You may know something of the truth, but you don't know the Lord who himself is the embodiment of the truth. And you may have hear something of life with God, but you don't know the one who gives life and the only one who can. Now, lastly, this brings us to the deceptions about other mediators between God and man. Because when the Lord Jesus spoke this text, John 14, 6, he says, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, if I was an insurance man, I would call this the fine print cover-all statement. Just in case there's something goes wrong, put that clause in. No man cometh to the Father but by me. In anyone's books, this means exactly what it says. There's only one person who can unite your soul with the Father, and that is the Lord Jesus. The greatest deception in religious circles, and in Protestantism too, and even in various uh, churches that have all the liturgies of the heritage of Christianity, the greatest fallacy is that there are many ways to the Father. And I'm sure you've heard that statement many times. That is a deception. And of course, it is old as human history. Many ways to the Father. Cain thought he could go to the Father any way he pleased. Abel worshipped God by the sacrifice of a lamb, and his worship was accepted. Cain brought the fruits of the ground, and he thought he would be accepted, but God rejected him. There's only one way to the Father, and that is by the blood. By the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, he alone is the mediator between God and men. And when I'm dealing with people of another religion, I usually leave them that verse, 1 Timothy 2.5. There is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And that sorts them all out. That draws the line between true Christianity and the errors of false religion. That usually sets out men to think about, who am I praying to? Roman Catholics pray to Mary. The Eastern uh, Orthodox, they pray to the saints. They have their invocation and their chants to the dead. Uh, the people of various nations pray to their ancestors. They even visit the grave, and they bring their uh, devotees, and they bring their priests, and they gather around the grave, and they pray to their ancestors that they might have some link with eternity. All of that is scrubbed in the statement Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. It's a deception. If there was any other way, and the God whom we know, the God of the Bible, planned the cross of Calvary, and we are told that he spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all to be cruelly punished on the cross, not only in human torment and suffering, but in the spiritual punishment the Father meted out upon him, if there had been some other way, then God is 
an evil, cruel person, because it was unnecessary punishment. The cross tells us there is no other way to the Father. There is no other sacrifice that will do. There's no other blood that will cleanse but the blood of Jesus. There is no other peace that God accepts but the peace that was made by the Son by the blood of the cross. Now, you read John 14, 6 and do the math. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. That means there is one way, not two, or three, or four. I am the way, the single way, and it's by me that banishes all other mediators. And only one has the power and the authority to bring you right into heaven. And by this text alone, you must be a Christian. By this text alone, you must be a Protestant, and that is to reject all other mediators. And by this text alone, you can settle your eternal destiny. You're not on a journey. You will end the journey at the cross. And when you come as a sinner uh, with all your guilt and all your condemnation, and you come to the cross to be saved, the journey ends. You are come at to the end of the road as a sinner, and you start a new life, justified, saved, redeemed, and ready for heaven. Then you are lost, but at the cross you're found. Then you were guilty and hell-deserving, but at the cross you are accepted in the Beloved and given every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Can you see the difference? Can you see how Christ alone is the way, the truth, and the life? Now, the question is, are you trusting in the Lord Jesus alone? Will you answer that for me? Will you give me your personal testimony? I have not only heard it, and it's not just that I believe it, but I have personally come to trust in the Lord Jesus alone as the way, the truth, and the life. And remember, you have only one soul, one soul to be saved. Miss the way, and you are lost. One soul miss the truth, and you're lost. One soul miss the life, and you're doomed. There's no other way to come to the Father but by the Lord Jesus. Someone put it this way, if you are born once, you'll die twice. If you're born twice, you'll never die. You will have eternal life. There's someone here today, and you're not a Christian. You're not saved. You're not right with God. You do not have the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. And I'm speaking to you, and I'm calling you. Today, come, believe on the Lord Jesus. Put your trust in Him. Come as a sinner, and pray as a sinner. Believe what Christ has done for you, and you'll be saved. Boys and girls, little ones here today, teenagers, or some older person, you need to be saved. You need Christ. And I pray He will save you today and lead you to the only one who can lead you to the Father. May the Lord work in your heart and speak on to you today.
would love to tell you what I think of Jesus Since I found in him a friend so strong and true I would tell you how he changed my life completely He did something that no other friend could do no one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. was full of sin when Jesus found me all my heart was full of misery and woe Jesus placed his strong and loving arms about me and he led me in the way I ought to go day he comes to me with new assurance more and more I understand his words of love but I'll never know just why he came to save me till someday I see his blessed face above ever cared for me like Jesus there's no other friend so kind as he no one else could take the sin and the darkness from me oh how much he Listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and I trust that the message today on Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life has brought home to your own heart the simplicity of the gospel and also that there is here true theology. The truth that God had one Son, one Savior, and He alone is the way to the Father. That is the gospel. That's good news. We don't need many saviors. Jesus is enough. He is all-sufficient. And of course, he took our place and died for us. And this doctrine of substitution is the very heart of the gospel. It is the essence of what we must preach. Mr. Spurgeon tells the story that in the French Revolution, there was a young man condemned to the guillotine and shut up in one of the prisons. He was greatly loved by many, but there was one who loved him more than all put together. 
It was his own father. When the lists were called, the father, whose name was exactly as his son's, answered, and the father rode in the gloomy tumbrel out to the place of execution. His head rolled beneath the axe instead of his son's, a victim to mighty love. See here an image of the love of Christ to sinners. Substitution is the very marrow of the whole Bible, the soul of salvation, the essence of the gospel. We ought to saturate all our sermons with it, for it is the lifeblood of a gospel ministry. That is the good sound advice of Reverend C.H. Spurgeon, who no doubt was God's instrument as a soul winner and gospel preacher. Let us all learn to preach the cross, to preach the Christ who died in our place. There is no other possible answer and no other answer that's agreeable to the scriptures of the Bible, that Jesus died in the place of his people. He came as their substitute to take their place and die for them so that we as sinners go free. And if you put your faith in the Lord Jesus, if you trust in his death, then you shall never die. You shall have the gift of eternal life, life that will never end, because the worth of Jesus' death is of infinite value. His blood is the blood of God, and you can be saved for all eternity by faith in the blood of God the crosswork of the Lord Jesus who died as your substitute. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. I just want to re-emphasize that substitutionary atonement is the very heart of the gospel message. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came into this world and took our nature that God would prepare him a body that he would suffer on the cross, pouring out his life his own blood, suffering in the place of his people. And that is what we call vicarious or substitutionary atonement. Jesus as the Lamb of God, suffering in our place. And I'd love to send you this little booklet, A New Beginning, that will illustrate the need for the Savior, who the Savior is, and how he poured out his life to save sinners and bring them into a right relationship with God. And if you call me at 604-897-2040 or email me at ltbsradio at gmail.com, I'll be glad to get this little booklet, A New Beginning, out to you free of charge. And may the Lord bless his word to you. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca. CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. 
or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music